0: Welcome to Hard Sell, a podcast where my brother and I give each other the hard sell on a piece of media we like, like a video game slash movie slash book or anything else that we're interested in. We're on episode three. How's everyone feeling? Pretty good. good. I didn't introduce us. You didn't. My
1: name's Kyle Bloom. (laughs) My name's Tim Bloom.
2: And I'm Cozy Hanula.
1: I had one job. You had exactly one job and this you did half job. of it, so that was good.
0: Well you
1: know. Um anyways, we'll get started
0: on our uh first segment tonight. Um last week on Hard Sell, I feel like I need to do like one of those dramatic bum, bum. movie. Wait, that was Law and Order, on that's not hard Sell. Yeah, there you go. Uh um <laughs> I pitched a video game known as the beginner's guide uh to Tim. It is a video game, just as a quick recap, um, made by Davey Reiden, and Everything Unlimited um, is the ones that produced it. I should clarify that. Uh, And it's only about an hour and a half long, but it's a video game that has a lot to say about uh, game development and understanding who a person is. Um, Just to start us off, Tim, uh, how did you feel about it?
1: I had a lot of feelings about The Beginner's Guide. I have a lot to say about this game. I'm I think, excited. Yeah. The the thing that I, I really like media like this that's very open-ended, because I think the— uh, So we're going to—I'm planning on spoiling The Beginner's Guide. I don't know how you could talk about this game without talking about all of it. It came out six years ago. And it's an hour and a half long. So if you want to play it and you don't want to be spoiled, pause the podcast and just play it really quickly and then keep listening. Um, But overall it's, it's very open-ended I think there's a lot left to interpretation in terms of like what it wants to say. And I think um, in my opinion, anytime art does that it's because it, it has lots of different things to say. Um, and I I think that is very true of the beginner's guide, and so there's a lot to dig into. Um, so, like you said, it's very much a game about. I mean, it's a disarmingly first person. That was my immediate, um, my immediate impression of it. I mean, you talked about it functionally. What it is is the designer of the game narrating in first person um, about a friend of his named Coda. The designer's name in the game is Davey Reedan, um, who is the real name of the real person who made this game. Right. Um, and you basically it's him saying, hey, my friend Coda made all of these games and I think they're really interesting. And I've collated them into this collection of little mini games. And then I will talk you through them as you play all of these little mini super short, like five to ten minutes at most each Little artistic games. Um, and I knew that that was the pitch going into it. That's the pitch that you gave me last episode, but it's disarmingly first person. You open the game, it drops you into a level that is explained to you as just like I basically is Coda's first game that they made. Um, it's just like a modified Counter Strike level, mm-hmm. but the narration is very much like, Hi, my name's Davy Reedon. Thanks for playing the beginner's guide. Like, and he lays out the thing and says, like, this is what it is. It's going to be this. And I want to walk you through these games. If you have thoughts or questions, send me an email at DavyReaden at gmail.com. Like, it's it's between the way it's laid out and the, even, like, the sound quality of his microphone. It's not low quality, but it sounds like a person talking to you on a call Um or like just a person it doesn't sound produced in a way that like voice acting sounds yeah and it's it was it was really jarring i think in a good way like it 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 stands out from other games that do stuff like that
0: yeah for sure i i do have a quick question um i you're saying disarmingly first person by that are you meaning just like the atmosphere and how immersive it was or do you mean you actually didn't expect it to be played in the first person
1: um i didn't expect it to feel so raw like i this i'll get to this later i think this game is super produced like the sound quality and the environments and stuff like that are extremely intentional um and so the way that the voiceover feels very casual is was disarming like The way that it's set up is like you're at a in a museum walking through like the works of Van Gogh or something like that. And someone is giving you a voiceover of information. Uh, And that is not that is a very unique pitch for a video game. Like that's part of the game. This is not the director's cut of the beginner's guide. This is the beginner's guide. Yeah. And that that's really unique.
2: Can I ask a question? When you played the game, was the person who, like, when you kind of, like, switch and there's, like, a person crying in, like, a prison cell and you can hear your own voice, was it a more male voice or a, a female person in the prison?
1: I didn't realize you could hear your own voice.
2: Uh, when you talk to the press, you can.
1: Interesting. And I had no idea that, that was voice, a female voice,
2: Which threw me for a loop a little bit because the narrator is a male voice.
1: I think mine was a
0: female voice as well. I think well. it's the same. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if it's like
2: new yeah. somehow or if it was always a female <laughs> voice. <laughs> that would be why. There,
0: there are there are games that do things like that, but this, I, yeah, I think it yeah. was always the same voice. That is a good point that I didn't say before. Uh, Cozy did actually also play the beginner's guide, so she has some yeah, insight. Yeah,
1: but yeah, that was that was my first impression. I was like, oh, this feels very unique. It feels really interesting. Again, I played a lot of like visual novel style games. Um but this felt pretty different from other stuff I've done. So I was excited going into it. I think in terms of my overall impressions of like the game, it there's not a lot of gameplay. Like the point isn't the gameplay and it it introduces you I mean, the point is the gameplay, but it's not the gameplay in quotes. Like it's not the same kind of video game. And I think it does that right away. The very first level, it gives you a gun and puts you in this like spaceship place. And there's music playing that's sort of tense and intense and doors open and alarms start going off and you expect monsters to come out and they just don't. And like, as the moment I could feel myself thinking like, our monsters going to come out immediately. Davy comes on. I was like, you would expect monsters to come out here. Uh, but they don't. And I'm like, ah, okay. This is, this is the thing that makes it different from an art installation. If it was an art installation, I would have a little pamphlet that would say, this is what you're supposed to get from this. But like you experience it first and I'm getting the pamphlet in voiceover as I'm experiencing it. Um, and that I thought was really cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we go any further into what you thought about it, can I do a small little thought experiment? Sure. Can you try to give a one-word emotion as to what you immediately felt after finishing the game?
1: As to what I immediately felt after finishing the game? Yes. No, I can't give you a one-word emotion. Because what was, was your one-word emotion that you're trying to to talk about? I mean, because mine was sorrow, (laughs) and I was just wondering how far off yours was. Okay, I did not feel sorrow at all.
2: I didn't either.
1: That's interesting. So that's interesting. I think we'll get there. So let's talk about the story generally, because I think we need to talk about this to talk about everything else that I want to talk about. Let's do it. So as you... Oh, the last piece, just on the gameplay, I think, like, the lighting and the sound design are immaculate. Like, it's a very simple game. There's not a lot of, like, uh, you know, it's not intense graphics and stuff like that. But just, like, the way they use shadows and lighting and, like, very simple blocky hallways and spaces are just super, super well done. Um, again, it's like a very beautiful game that renders really, you know, that you could play on like a Nintendo 64 in terms of the graphics.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it's, yeah, I think that was really well done. Okay. Sure. So in terms of the story, the way that the story goes is you're going through these different games. And I think even in like very early games of codas, the, I themes of like, isolation or maybe separation from people or society or sort of present within the game um and the themes start to become more and more overt as the games go on you go from just sort of being in these like wide open spaces that feel sort of isolating and empty and lonely in different ways to literally being like in inescapable prisons to Being in like a classroom with a professor and then it's revealed like the professor doesn't know what the hell they're talking about and they feel like they're making everything up on the fly. There's, you eventually get to a place where you're playing games where you are, there's a machine called Coda in a game that Coda ostensibly has designed that is being put like on trial or being interrogated because they have writer's block basically and can't create any more games and you have to shoot coda um and they get more and more dark and the narrator progressively talks about how as coda was sending davy reedon the narrator these games Davy was getting more and more concerned for their mental health and more and more worried that they were losing enthusiasm. So, Davy started showing the games to other people, uh, thinking that if they had some positive feedback, that would be helpful to them, to Coda. And eventually, Coda sends Davy this final game that is unbeatable, that you can't beat. And Davy's like, ah, well, but I, I logged all these different additional things on top of it to, help beat it and if you do that and get far enough Davy's you know helps you via the narrator like move through the game um, you eventually get to this sort of hidden area that has a message from Coda that says like dear Davy you shouldn't have showed my games to people that's not what they were for uh, please don't contact me again and a lot of like direct messages from Coda to Davy being like it makes me physically ill to be around you stop like, this is not the point. The point is to make games. I'm not depressed. You are depressed and you're projecting that on me. Uh, like, leave me alone. This is not for you. And then Davey has this long narration where he's basically saying, apologizing to Coda, saying, I've tried to reach out to you and apologize, but you won't answer. I know that I'm not supposed to do this but I'm just trying to help you. I put all of your games into this anthology called the beginner's guide and put it out in public, hoping that maybe if enough people saw it, you would see it and reach out to me so I could apologize. And I know that's what you don't want me to do, but I can't think of anything else. I was just trying to help. I wanted to give you external validation. It's this like long rambling sort of unraveling apology. Um, And then the game sort of just ends. And that is the entirety of the beginner's guide.
0: I mean, I think it's just as to paint the picture, a lot of the levels, the levels aren't don't naturally progress from one to the next. It kind of jars you in and out. Yeah. the Scenery is always very different
1: because because ostensibly they're different games. They're not really different levels. It's sort of like, okay, you played this game. And again, each game is like a game is like one setting where it's like you have a house and you clean the house and you can do that endlessly and then davy's like okay you've done that enough i'm moving you to the next game right
2: well and it paints davy the whole time is like telling you what he thinks of the game and like there's a whole thing about a lot of the games are unplayable so he'll kind of mod the game to let you play it or like see, see behind the curtain so you can kind of like see the things that coda was thinking when he like drops a wall to reveal what was behind or whatever in a really interesting way. But then you kind of realize at the end that through some of the notes from Coda to Davy that he um the just like the intention of Coda was never to make those games playable and like you kind of see the unreliableness of your narrator the whole time and like you look back on it a little differently. I thought that was really interesting. Right, yeah
0: I think uh Sorry, I just wanted to say that um, I think Coda, what they're trying to say basically is that Coda's games are like a parallel to a diary. It's basically how he is attempting to express himself, but because the idea is that because Davey is also a game maker, he's like, oh, what else is behind here? And those
1: perhaps weren't supposed to be opened. I think that's part of it, but I also interpreted it in a different way where like I think Davy, so it became fairly clear to me fairly early that Davy Reedan and Coda are not, are both characters. This Davy Reedan is the name of the designer. Uh, and Coda is not a name, as far as I can tell, or not, is not, I know for a fact Coda is not referencing a real person. Mm-hmm. So like... The Davy Readen giving this narrative is not a is not the Davy Readen, the game designer, and I will will talk about who I think Davy Reiden is supposed to represent. But it's clear that Davy Readen doesn't understand these games. The Davey Readen of who is narrating only understands these games, like you said, Kyle, in terms of like. A diary of like you understands video games as something to get through as a series of levels that you go through and beat. And then based on how much you liked completing the game, that's what a game is. But Coda as a person is someone who understands games like art. Imagine if you you thought about books as the goal was to read through the book as best and fast as you could so that you could read through as many books as possible that's not the point of literature. Like, that's not the point of movies. Um, it, You know, a, the purpose of a movie isn't to have the most action in it. It's to... The point of a painting is not to, like, teach something explicitly. Um, It's a little bit more oblique than that. And it's clear that Davey Reedon can't understand what Koda is trying to do in these games. When you have a game that is just... You cleaning a house over and over again and having like sort of a vague, not deep, but sort of vaguely pleasant conversation with uh, basically a stick person. Uh, the point of that game is to not clean the house until you can move to the next area. The point is to just clean the house. And the Davy Readen of this game has to find meaning in that beyond just like cleaning the house. And so read and like puts all of these things like this is what this means that you know they
2: well he even adds a a goal he adds the lamppost to the game
1: yeah that's the other thing it it turns out at the end there are lampposts throughout there are a bunch of different signifiers there are three little dots throughout each level um there are lots of sign posts like there are lots of different posts and some of those are coda signatures. Coda puts the three dots everywhere. Coda puts the, the there's often like text written on walls describing themes or sort of hinting at themes um, but there are also lamp posts at the end of each level and it's revealed at the very end that Coda did not put those in. Those are Davey editing the games after he'd received them.
2: Yeah. And I th- I think the interesting thing too about the uh, the thing that makes it more like makes... Davey interpreted as a diary is the fact that coda didn't release any of the games is like the premise yeah so it does feel like a different goal than maybe other video game developers because he is making all of these games with no intention to like release any of them making it feel more like some kind of personal diary type thing
1: for sure Right. And I think so part of the thesis of this game, I think, is about the nature of games and like what they should be early in the early in the game. Reedon says, like, uh, uh, "Coda gave me these games and I kept encouraging them that they need to make the games more playable, like they need to be playable. But like, what does that mean? Like, it's clear that Davey means playable as completable but that's not the same thing as playable it's not the same it's just that isn't those aren't the same terms and like the thing that games are generally in pop culture is entertainment it's the same thing as like playing football or uh chess or i don't know something else vaguely frivolous like bowling not to say you can't be like a professional bowler but like You know what I mean? They're not meant to be dwelled in. They're not, they're, it's not a painting, but there's no reason they can't be a painting. And I think Davey sees games that are meant to be a painting and not meant to be bowling and find something unsettling and wrong about that. And part of the point of this game is that says more about Davey than it actually says about Coda.
0: Right. You know what you're reminding me a lot of? Um, do you ever have, any like English or literature teacher or professor that started talking about the meaning behind a book mm-hmm. and and took it one step farther than you in your head were like well actually I don't really think that rock had symbolism yeah okay. uh, but like I that that's just the thing I'm thinking about
1: yeah a little bit so I think I figured out pretty early that these aren't the same thing that i figured out that it it wasn't none of this was real um you know i there are some people (laughs) i took a look who are like very upset with davy reeden and have like sent him hate mail but like how could you publish coda's work it's like okay it's pretty clear that this is an allegory this is not a real story i think that was early based on how um Just like how he was talking about the games and just how they were structured, right? Like early games had voice acting and like, I'm not an expert on game production, but I know voice acting happens at the very end. Uh, And if you're an independent game developer, you're not hiring who's, you're not hiring a voice actor to do voices for a game that you don't plan to release. So I was kind of like, okay, I, it's pretty clear this is that the beginner's guide is a piece of art. It's not literally what it says it is, you know.
2: Well, I also think there's a lot of symbolism in the name Coda, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize it until they like put it on screen that it was C O D A, like Coda, which yeah, in like the end. music is like the ending of a musical piece, often coming at the end of like a repetitive chorus or something where like the after the or verse, like after you get through the final verse you'll go to the coda like the ending but i saw it sort of as like a rumination on like what an ending means too for this um person just like based on that name and also there's something about like the repetitive portion of like music having an ending that like the prison theme kind of is like reflected in that too or I'm reading way too much into it. It's one or the other.
1: No,
0: I, th- I think I think that's that's exactly what I thought uh, when I saw the name Coda. Is that I mean, that word has never meant anything else to me, at least.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely correct. I mean, again, and like kind of like you said, cozy. The coda is the it's like a twist on something. It's an addition to a a base, um, it, which leads me so. I think Davey Reiden and Coda are supposed to mean multiple different things. I don't think there's one answer for like what Davey Reiden represents and what Coda represents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things is about kind of like the left brain versus the right brain, where Davey Reiden is like the game designer who wants to create games to make a video game is like the part of Davy Reiden who wants to do that. And Coda is sort of like Davey Reiden's right brain who doesn't want to make video games for a reason, but just like wants it's, it's the act of creating the thing that is the point. And so the, the thing that comes out of that motivation is a fundamentally different thing than if you're creating a video game because you want people to play it.
0: Right. Um, and Honestly, as a I don't know if you ever picked up and were interested and played the Stanley Parable. Uh
1: I picked it up. I have not played it yet though.
0: I think it says an entirely different thing, I will say, for people that came directly from the beginner's guide to the Stanley Parable. Um this this creator pretty much got famous because of the game the Stanley Parable, mm-hmm. which is a very similar art style. It's it's first person, um, but it's witty and it's clever, and it has to do with multiple different endings um but there's always a way to end the game and mm-hmm. you can see sort of elements of the beginner's guide in it and i think it, it was it was published i think two years before the beginner, beginner's guide um so my initial thought after seeing the beginner's guide was like it feels like a direct this game feels like a direct confrontation of what happened like uh, after that game got really famous of the mm-hmm. like fight of like i wonder if the Stanley parable in like pre-development didn't have an ending, if it didn't have that like way to beat it, if it, if it didn't have that other, that Davy Reedan character in his head, trying to program a way to finish the game so that it could be published.
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually did some digging on this after I played. So I have some answers for you. Um, the Stanley Parable started as a mod for Half-Life 2 that Davey Reedon just started making for fun. And so many people started playing it that he turned it into its own game called The Stanley Parable. Um, interestingly, so every time you're getting walked through Coda's different games, um, I also know for a fact that Davey Reedon. His first real experience trying to create a game was modifying a level in Counter-Strike 2, which is the first level that Coda walks you through. Um, all of the games of Codas that you play, Davey Reiden lets you know when Coda created them. And the final one came out in 2011, which, like you said, is when the Stanley Parable came out. Um, Davey Reeden came out with the Beginner's Guide four years after that and hasn't published a game since. So I think the conclusions to draw from that are pretty straightforward, but I think that you are correct. You know, I think another way that I thought about Davy reading versus Coda is that Coda is Davey reading the game designer and Davey reading is actually like the audience Um, or maybe less accurately than the audience or fans of the Stanley parable. It's maybe like, the part of Davey reedon that needs to please the fans—that like when you put out a work, the thing it reminded me of is Bo Burnham. Like when Bo Burnham, right, his most recent special, he at the end goes on sort of a rant, and it's a little bit different because he's talking about performing, but t- talks about like this need to like please his fans, but also this deep desire to not want to that, to to only do art for himself and not for the fans. Uh, and this deep conflict. I think part of this game is about that. Is about, you know, I think if Davy Reedon had his way, he wouldn't publish games, but he just sort of stumbled on interest from people. Um, and sort of felt compelled because it feels really good to put out a game the two games that reading has put out have been critically acclaimed everybody the stanley parable and the beginner's guide were both like indie hits um and i think that feels really good but it also adds a lot of pressure it adds to a lot of you know again you got a lot of hate mail uh from people who didn't understand this game um and so I think that's tough. And I think a lot of this game is like him working through really conflicted feelings about that success. Yeah,
0: I, I it's, it's a really powerful game. I I really like I always got a little bit uncomfortable, I think, just for a second. Um, whenever you were in a level that that was clear, you were just supposed to be doing one thing and and reading was like, OK, time to move on. Um, It always felt kind of intentionally rushed. Mm -hmm. Um but at the same time, to sort of measure that conflict, it did a really good job of making me feel relieved. Like, oh good, I wasn't missing anything. Like now I can move on. Um, which is a weird I I think I think it did a good job of making you feel that sort of conflict of those two ideas, um, that supposedly uh Davy, the actual person might have been having throughout the game, just without realizing it.
1: Yeah, I think that's smart. And I do think, I mean, I think even that is saying a thing, right? Like Davey Reed and the character is constantly editing the game. Like I said, there's a point in the very last level where there's a maze that is an invisible maze. There's like this long hallway and there is, you are told, Davey says, Go to put a maze here and I can't understand why it's invisible. And when you walk in, if you hit a wall of this invisible maze, your screen flashes red and it makes this terrible sort of like screeching alarm sound and you're reset to the beginning. And Davey is like, I don't understand why he would put this here. Like players, it's almost punishing to players. It almost resents the fact that it has players. So I've put a bridge over it so you can walk over it. And it's like, okay, maybe the point is to be pun like it's not always about that and i think part of this is like yeah davy reeden loves coda's games but it's so clear that he doesn't understand them and if you change the form you also change the meaning um and so i think you know i thought that that theme was really interesting
2: yeah
0: yeah well uh thanks for your thoughts um I think uh well oh shoot I was supposed to come up with a fun phrase for this. We <laughs> haven't really landed on a specific one. We um haven't. but if, if you had to say uh would you take or leave that's not it but we'll
1: use it today uh the beginner's guide. Sure. So I think that anything like this, anything that's so cerebral that is like one artist um talking about themselves so much. Like, Davey Reed, and actually recently, like a month or two ago, it was like the five-year anniversary of the Beginner's Guide coming out, and went on this, like, tweet thread about it, and sort of said, like, the truth – Here, I'll read this exact quote. He said, The truth is that I'll probably never make another game like this again. Solipsism is a young person's game. Um, Solipsism talking about, like, the desire to know yourself – to like understand yourself and i think any time someone creates something that's so navel gazy internal i think it runs the risk of being like overwrought um but i think that this game was like the perfect length it hit its themes hard enough to where i didn't feel confused about what it was trying to say Um, but it hit on lots of interesting stuff again things between like what is the relationship between a consumer of a game and a designer? Who is it for? How do you deal with writer's block? Um, you know, one thing we didn't really talk about, but like, the idea that the theme of a work doesn't necessarily say something about an author. Davey Reedon is constantly reading into this, like, Coda made a bunch of games where you can't escape from a prison. So clearly they feel blocked off from society. And it's like, that's not true. Like, happy well adjusted people can feel dark and like delve into dark emotions and i just think it's very but it doesn't say that at no point does davy reading at the end be like i didn't realize that happy people could also feel dark things like it it um is strong enough on its themes that it hits them hard but i think it respects its audience enough to not feel too again too navel gazy or too obnoxious about it so i really liked this game i would i don't remember what you said take this game i wouldn't leave it you Um, are sold i'm sold you have done the hard sell successfully i'm sold on the beginner's guide
0: it's my first time for that appreciate it well it's only the
1: third full episode so i think you're
0: okay awesome
2: you didn't try to sell it to me but i'm also sold i liked it (sighs) a lot it was a good time i'm so
0: glad I really enjoy this game.
1: Is there anything else cozy? Because I I mostly ranted for like 20 minutes. Is there anything else that I missed that you wanted to talk about?
2: No, I just I do think the like the themes really interesting. I think as a person who has gone to architecture grad school, I've thought a lot about like creativity and like the reason you make things and design things and stuff. So it was to me, it was interesting in that perspective, too, of like just relating it to like my profession too, of like why you create the things you create and like that kind of dichotomy of making something because you enjoy making it and making something that is playable is like a relatable thing to me.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks guys. I'm glad you enjoyed the experience. All right. Time to move into our middle segment um, for this episode. Uh Cozy I believe has something
1: planned for us once again. I'm excited to hear what it is. I hope that it's not another awful opinion like last time.
2: It's not. Okay. So, my pitch for you guys this week is hard sell spin-offs. <laughs> so, we've been doing this podcast thing for three full episode, well, two full episodes and a trailer. And we're really raking in the money and have all 10 listeners that we uh, have support of. So I think it's about time we had a spinoff podcast.
1: Of course. yeah.
2: I have several pitches for you guys and I just would like you to um, give me like a one to five star rating, how much potential you think these have.
0: I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Before you do this, to be clear, last episode. Cosy, you there was a joke made about how the middle segment would always be you pitching us different middle segments. Is that is it going to be different every time? Is that what's actually
1: happening? Because I'm yes. here for it. Oh my gosh.
0: All right, I love
1: oh it. Oh boy. I'm All excited. Right. Okay, so so it. just to reiterate, you are pitching us hard-sell spin-off podcasts that presumably we would record as spin-offs. In addition to the podcast.
2: Correct. Okay, so my first spinoff idea is called Hardest Cell, where we <laughs> only pitch bad things.
1: Okay. Like, in what sense? With with the goal of what?
2: Like, that give
1: me a bad thing and what, what your, the hope is.
2: The live-action Avatar The Last Airbender movie. Uh. Like, things that we like don't like and are objectively bad so that we can review those
1: <laughs> so this is like a punishment for each other that we're giving every yes. other week uh five out of five i love it
0: I, that's that's i'd say four out of five um just wow. just because i i think that'd be very funny I, my but only hang up is do that it. i don't want to take in a bunch of objectively bad media in my
1: actually i think this is three out of five the only reason i think the idea is great but the only reason is that if kyle pisses me off i might just co-opt this for hard sell um because if i can force kyle to watch something awful um i might just literally do that and i don't know that i want to have that restricted to a spinoff,
0: I would like to remind you at this point, Tim, that that's not the format of our podcast, <laughs> and you're going to lose a lot of fans.
1: Well, if especially if you have a spinoff, it. that that's a specific format. So, three out of five from me, but love the love the basic concept.
2: Okay, um, the next one is called Hard Seller. Uh, this is where we <laughs> review wines.
1: <laughs> Got it. What does the hard refer to there? Well, like cellars are usually made of like, like wood like, and how stuff? hard does <laughs> the cellar go You're like the cellar stone
2: I mean? I meant
1: the, stone. Do you mean the the physicality of the cellar is hard as opposed to like soft cellar, which would be like uh, an insane asylum with a cellar.
0: Well no, I, I was thinking of it as like a phrase, like you know how the hip teenagers are like, yo, this wine goes hard, like that kinda <laughs>
1: Wow! So hard seller. So what the format is? It just becomes a wine review podcast. Yes, amazing. I mean, um,
0: One Kyle, of do you have a
1: verdict for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it sounds like a really bad time. I already
1: don't like wine. Uh, you know what? I'm giving this one a five out of five. What I think do you mean? <laughs> I'm a hundred percent confident that none of us have anything good, <laughs> like useful, to say about wine. I've never had a wine that I'd be like, hmm, this has notes of wine in it. Um, but outside of that, I couldn't tell you the difference between. Or be like, this one seems like a red wine. Um, <laughs> and I think that would be a hilarious podcast to record. Cool. I don't think a very long podcast might get kind of repetitive, but I think at least one episode would be five out of five.
0: What would the, like, if we had different segments, would one of the segments be like, we taste it, and then we try to guess where the grapes are from?
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm a ten out of five. I'm sold on this <laughs> podcast now.
2: I'm staying at a one-
1: averages to five out
2: of five uh no it doesn't (laughs) okay um all right one well i have a few more but i might have to cut some of these for time um (laughs) okay so the next one is hard shell this is where we review the what is clearly a hard sell um teenage mutant ninja turtles live action series from the early 2000s and um give our verdicts on that show
1: Wow, not where I thought you were going with that at all. Whoa. Um, <laughs> so it's just a very specific version of this show. Yes. So are we, are we, I, okay, first of all, I was sure you were going to say it was a taco review <laughs> podcast called Hard Shell. Oh,
2: that's even better. TMNT.
1: No, well, we're sticking with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing. So is this, we're pitching each other individual episodes?
2: i think it's a movie series so yeah, i think we would all just watch the movie series <laughs> oh. and then i remember it being bad which like if nostalgically you remember something you watched as a kid being bad it has to be pretty bad right
1: yeah i mean i remember watching it at a friend's house and thinking wow the special effects are bad in 1997 so i mean if there's um, anything to be said about Teenage
0: Mutant Ninja Turtles is that it ages well. Like a <laughs> wine almost.
1: So, just yes, like wine. I'm giving this a 5 out of 5 for sure. I'm giving this a 3 out of 5 only because I'm really hungry for tacos now. Even though we had tacos literally earlier. But I'm now again hungry for tacos and I think that's your fault. So 3 out of 5. Good idea but kind of salty about that.
2: Alright. Um Okay. The next one is called Bard cell, where we um, pitch each other D and D character pitches.
1: This this format, we Kyle have okay. Kyle sidebar for a moment. Yeah, sure. We've perhaps given Cozy too long of a leash here. <laughs> I. <laughs> this has gone fully off the rails. I. Wow. I, I mean, d- we can't cut this in the middle. We can't. We can't. At this point, we're committed, but we need to have a serious post-production conversation. Yeah, this is wild. Um, okay, uh, a sidebar over. Um, ten out of ten, love it. Perfect, perfect <laughs> yeah, podcast. I'm also giving so, it a a five out of five because Tim again, forgot the scale. Uh, yeah, hundred out of a hundred. What is the what is the format exactly? How would this work?
2: I mean, it's pretty much the same format we have, <laughs> Um, but instead of media, we pitch character ideas for D anD D or other tabletop role playing games. And then we, the other person has to rate that person's character idea.
1: But on, like, what scale?
2: I didn't get that far. (laughs) To be perfectly honest, most of the criteria for these were, does it rhyme with hard sell?
1: Perfect. Okay. 10 out of 10. That's so good. I'm sold. Or I'm barded. Nope.
2: (laughs) I have one last pitch. Okay. Okay. Okay, um, it's called Card Cell, where one of us learns to count cards and then it's a documentary podcast about that. This one's less like our current format and more just like a different thing. This is
0: entirely
1: different. So one of us learns to count cards and then we just tape a reality show about getting kicked out of Vegas. Is that all Sorry, is this it? is a yeah. documentary series. So there are like weekly updates and it's all it's still all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like, Kyle learns to count cards, and just every week we just have, like, a little check-in. <laughs> just like, how's it going?
2: How's <laughs> yep. learning count uh-huh. how cards going? <laughs> um,
1: I think one out of five, because I don't think Kyle can learn how to count cards.
2: I didn't say <laughs> that to be Kyle.
1: Yeah, the point stands. <laughs> I'm,
2: I, I give this a two. It's only <laughs> above a
0: one, because I think it's so funny, but... A uh, two because, man, I don't think past the first ten minutes, any of it would be interesting.
1: I, I think it's a five-minute it podcast. I think it's a weekly five-minute podcast that consists of us introducing ourselves and then me saying, Kyle, how's counting cards going? And you being like, it's going pretty good. I have some more practice to do. it." And then us being like, okay, we'll check in next week.
2: <laughs> yeah. We may have to, like... One episode might have to be all the check-ins, and then there would be an episode where Kyle gets kicked out of the... I maybe didn't think that one through all the way. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> I the other it. ones, which were solid gold ideas. <laughs> if
0: course. I got kicked out of Vegas for counting cards, does that mean I I then won the objective?
2: Yes.
1: Because yeah, I was learned- Is that the stated goal of... of- Hard card a, or whatever you said the car- title was. was. was.
2: You sell. could
0: not have thought it was hard card. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that was a bit and that wasn't your first thought. I have nothing to say. Uh, <laughs> do you have any more wow, pitches that was- for us, Cozy?
2: No, that was the final pitch.
1: <laughs> that was incredible. This segment is a five out of five for me.
0: Yeah, okay. this is very funny. All right, welcome back after 10 seconds, Uh, and we will be jumping into our third and final segment. Um, I think Tim has something to sell to me, as a weird way to say that.
1: Uh, Yes, I open up my jacket. (laughs) Do you want (laughs) to buy a watch? Um, In my yard. Yeah, Yeah, slightly different. Um, I'm nervous about this pitch, because I think you might have played this video game that I'm about to pitch to you, but we'll find out. Hope you have a backup. Uh, we'll find out. Um, first of all, uh, this is another narrative heavy game. Um, it's nice. been described both as a visual novel and an adventure video game. Ooh. I think it's there's definitely more gameplay than the beginner's guide, less than a traditional video game. Um, but I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, question first off Have you played Gone Home? I have okay so gone home is a narrative game uh set in like washington where you just walk around a house you are the sister of this family or a daughter um kind of coming home from college to this empty house you're walking around the house slowly piecing together this non-linear narrative of things that happened to your family while you were gone at college um this it was published by fulbright and the game that I'm planning to pitch you is Fulbright's follow-up called Tacoma. Have you played this game?
0: I have not. I've heard a decent amount about it, though.
1: It, like a spoilery amount?
0: Not spoilery. It's it's actually perfect. Enough to interest me to the point where I've thought a few times, should I play this game? Uh, but once, funny enough, once we started this podcast, I took those things on that list of
1: things I could do and, and tucked it away in case. Fantastic. Well, untuck your list because Tacoma's here. (laughs) Um, Oh no! Wow. I don't love untuck your list, but we're powering through. Um, So Tacoma came out in... Such conviction! I felt strongly about it um, and I lost confidence once I got to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the second syllable in list was roughly where I lost steam. (laughs) Um, But here we are. Now that your list is fully untucked, um, Tacoma is a game that came out in August 2017, a few years after Gone Home came out. Um, It's an exploration game set in a space station. It's the year 2088, um, and you, the world, is taken over by hyper corporations. And what you know going into the game is basically that you have been hired by one of these large corporations, a corporation called Venturis, to enter a space station called the Tacoma Station that has been abandoned. And your job functionally is to collect data. It's kind of a salvage operation, kind of, by this company to collect data from this abandoned space station. And over the course, you have this little. It's sort of like in Mass Effect, uh, Commander Shepard has this weird, like, Omni Blade, like, tool thing on their arm that, like, lets you interact with doors and stuff like that. The main character in Tacoma has kind of the same thing, but what it does is it lets you plug into all of the different augmented reality tools and all of the cameras that were a part of the Tacoma station. And it lets you see in real time or see like a augmented reality modeling of things that happened on the station in time. And you can manipulate those augmented reality pictures and images and audio like a recording, fast forwarding, rewinding, and it gives you a picture of who these people were on this station before it was abandoned and what happened to it that led to it being abandoned.
0: That's really interesting. Um, I have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. For starters, uh, so you're playing as a, like, is it played in first person as well? Yes. So you're playing as a character and you're going around and you're kind of just trying to figure out what happened through these re- pseudo recordings, recordings that are used effectively as like, Do you basically, like, visually rewind
1: time? Is that what's happening? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Because basically what happens, there's an AI attached to the station that has, like, taken images. So you see, like, the silhouettes of people, and you hear them talking. And you can, again, like, rewind and fast forward between snippets of time. Like, key snippets of time in different rooms in the station were taken. And you can kind of load up a snippet on your device and then little silhouettes of the people where they were standing appear and you can press play and you can see what they do and where they go and what they talk about in those snippets. And you can like walk up to them and your little AR device will like pull up a little reading of like, here's their blood pressure at this time. Here's what they were thinking about. Here's their bio. Here's an e- Here are the emails they received during this time. Uh, and you just sort of walk around and see what's happening. Or what has happened in like snippets of time at a time. That's really interesting. At the start of the game,
0: does it just drop you in, or is there some sort of narrative reason? Are you are is the story saying that you are here specifically to investigate, or do you just start?
1: Um. <clears throat> so I don't want to spoil anything, but at just, the just very tell me beginning what you of know the, at the start. I, I won't spoil anything. At the very beginning of the game, you are not there to investigate. Got it. You are there to like retrieve assets. You are employed by a company to retrieve assets from the the their facility that is now abandoned. Just while you're there, you also while you're like waiting for data to load on your little booklet that you're using to retrieve the data, you can walk around and also see what was going on.
0: That's really curious. I have so many questions. I think most of them, the answer is going to be you should play the game first. Mm-hmm. Um I just immediately want to know like how the technology works and like obviously immediately why it's abandoned. I think the way you've even set up this pitch has me feeling like I need answers, which is really interesting. Um so I'm definitely excited to play it.
1: Yeah, that's the goal and it's uh it's really interesting. It deals on some themes that I find interesting and I think you'll find interesting of like AI and what they uh, what their role should or should not be, um, and how much personhood they do or do not have. Um, like, it is, I think, a game that deals, plays in, like, cyberpunk aesthetics and politics better than the cyberpunk game that just came out does. Um, I think, uh, again, I'll get your I won't taint your opinions. It's not, it's not my favorite game. I, I'll be honest. I liked Gone Home better, Fulbright's previous game, uh, than Tacoma, but I think Tacoma was really interesting. And I think the aesthetic and setting, uh, is, is right up your alley.
0: Yeah, for sure. I really, I mean, I really enjoy obviously from last week's pitch, uh, more abstract narratives that have you piecing together a story. Um, I think that's really fun and, really creative and i also really enjoy anything that is themed in space (laughs) like on a more surface level part of the reason i like the game outer wilds so much but uh sure just space games are the creme de la creme um if you will a lot of space games on my previously
1: tucked list nice uh well yeah, great. It's it's available on Steam, uh so you can play it on a PC. Otherwise you can also play it on Xbox One or PlayStation 4.
0: Awesome. I'm I want to talk about it more and I wanna ask you so many more questions, but I think I just need to get through it first, so we can save that for next episode.
1: Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Alright. All right, that was our third episode of Hard Sell. Thanks for listening. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at at HardSellShow or send us an email at HardSellShow at gmail.com. You can obviously listen to the podcast wherever you're currently listening to it or any other uh, podcast player of choice. We'll be back in two weeks for Kyle's next pitch and his verdict on Tacoma. Until then, we'll catch you on the flippity flop.
0: The flippity flop. Flippity flop. This is when Cozy says it.
2: Says what? I'm not saying flippity flop.
1: Flippity flop. She's saying catch you on the flippity flop.